Good to have you here at Seneca Community Church Online. Of course, you can see we're in a different setting uh, this morning, and that's due to there's no power in Romulus, so we had to take the videotaping home, so I'm glad you can be with us. If you're joining us for the first time, and just uh, remember that uh, you can check things out online if you want to catch up. Seneca Community Church is all about making a difference in people's lives, wherever they are, through leading people into a growing relationship with Him. We want to help you wherever you are to take your next step towards Him or in Him. Now you may notice that there's a little circle with an eye in it. It's a white circle. And if you click on that when you're watching on YouTube, you should have more information about some of the songs that Mariah has chosen for us to listen to or sing, if you feel uh, up to doing that. But I'd encourage you not just to speed through those, not just to uh, ignore that or scan through those, even if they're not one of your favoritest songs. Because I find that as I watch those songs, as I sing along, as I uh, let them, in a sense, wash over my heart and wash over my soul, it really prepares me for what God may uh, have to have to say to me. So I would encourage you to do that. Don't just skip by those. Well, before we get started into our message, uh, why don't we open our time in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you for your love for us. We thank you that we can gather, even if it's online, uh, to uh, hear from you. And Lord, we think of uh, those in our community that are doing the same thing in different churches. Uh, we pray for Jesse down at First Baptist Church in Interlaken. We think of Dave over at the Reformed Church. Uh, we also uh, ask that uh, you really would be present at Calvary chapels in Seneca Falls as uh, Ray brings the, the message, the talk. We also think of Dale up at the Assembly of God Church in Geneva. We think of Jamerson over at Lake Country uh, Christian Church. Uh, we also think of uh, Jerry at Finger Lake Christian Fellowship. Think of Dave over at uh, Waterloo Baptist Church and the many other churches that are meeting and uh, trying our hand at this online kind of experience. Lord, we also uh, today think of uh, those families that are trying to do school at home or are doing well at school at home and uh, hearing that uh, things have been put off so that the school year won't be reopening. And uh, that, that, that's not what we wanted to hear in some ways, but we Lou, uh, thank you for our leaders. Uh, we do want to respond to them and we do want to protect our community from COVID. So we just, again, continually ask for your wisdom in all of this. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. During our series, Jesus On, the Sermon on the Mount for today, we continue to circle around to this overriding theme, and that theme is this. Jesus can make life better and make us better at life. Now today we're going to continue on in Matthew chapter 7. We're going to be looking at verses uh, 7 through 12, where Jesus, it seems at first glance, and I grew up thinking this, is mainly speaking about how to pray. And this is what he says in verse uh, 8. He says, For anyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. 
Now, when I hear those words, I walk away with this idea about prayer. If I'm asking, I'm going to get what I'm asking for. If I'm seeking, I'm going to find what I'm looking for. And if I knock on the door, whatever that door may be, it will be open. To me, it seems like if I start praying really earnestly and pray pretty please with a cherry on top, that Jesus is saying, God is going to deliver on my requests. But as I follow Christ through the years, I've discovered, at least in my own life, that my intensity for praying doesn't seem to have a correlation always with God's response. I can ask pretty pleased with a cherry on top. I can ask with intensity. I can search with a hunger. I can knock really hard on the door, and I don't receive what I'm expecting. The door is not opened. You see, intensity in prayer, if that's what we're going to get from Matthew 7, 7 through 12, specifically verse 8 right now, if that's where we're going to get, something must be wrong, because my intensity just, just isn't strong enough. It doesn't seem to get God's attention all. It's almost doesn't matter what kind of intensity you have. When I think of intensity and asking, I think of this little girl. Why do you not let me just go for one night? Because you're too little to go to the pool. Mommy, I'm six. Six. I am absolutely just six. Yeah, exactly. You're six. Not 16, not 17, not 18. You're six. And Millie thinks she got to go to the pub for her daddy's birthday party. And did I get to go? No. Well then, why do I not get to go to the church and spend time with my auntie? It's my weekends off. What about if other kids are going? Please, I just one night, one night, and I won't go to the bingo anymore. I won't go to the bingo tomorrow. Okay, I'm trying to go to Ida. Yeah, but I don't care. I'm just asking you. What did Daddy say to all this? He's ignoring me. He's on his phone. He what? He's giving out to me. He's shouting at me. I'm trying to talk to him. Maybe because you're doing his head in. I'm not doing his head in. I'm trying to tell him something and he's being mean to me. All the time when you're gone, he thinks he gets his own way and everything. He thinks that he can he can go on his phone and he thinks that I, he does not spend time with me and he thinks that he pretends he's cleaning when you're gone. And he doesn't really clean me. He come, I go into the kitchen because I'm hungry and then he's on his phone and says, I'm cleaning. I said, no you're not, you're on your phone. <laughs> And like, seriously, guys, do you believe me? I'm six and my old mother won't let me go to the pub. <laughs> How is that so fair? I'm six and a half. I'm not allowed to go to the pub. My mother won't let me. That little Irish girl, all six and a half years worth, knows how to ask, seek, and knock. But I don't think she's going to get to the pub. 
seems to be some similarities between our relationship in God and her relationship with her mom and her relationship with her dad. You know, sometimes when I don't get what I'm asking, seeking, or knocking for, I wonder if there's something wrong with me. Or, I want to whisper this, I wonder if there's something wrong with God. But Jesus is going to teach us that that really is not what he was getting at. What Jesus is doing is Jesus is using verses 7 through 12 in a continuous thought from verses 1 through 6. So as we read 7 through 12 together, I'd ask that you would come to this passage with fresh eyes, not thinking that this is a passage primarily about prayer, but just maybe it's a passage about something else that includes prayer, but is not primarily prayer. So if you go to Matthew chapter 7, we'll begin in verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, or to go to the pub, <laughs> will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil... Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? So in everything, do to others that what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. So as we read that passage and we listen and we hear and we think prayer, I think there's something much larger going on. Not that prayer isn't important, but I really don't think that's what Jesus is talking about. Jesus has talked about discerning, not moving into judgmental condemnation. He's talked about being aware of the people that we're sharing with, pointing to Christ with. Uh, we saw those in previous messages so as he really wraps up those two thoughts, I think this is what he's getting after when he's talking to us. He's saying thoughtful interaction and bold intercession. He's not saying just bold intercession. He's just not saying ask, knock, and seek. He's saying thoughtful interaction. He's connecting the two ideas or the three ideas from the verses up to verse 12 so far. You see, when you and I go into a situation where we're trying not to slide into judgmentalism, and we're trying to understand the people around us, we're trying to see where they're coming from, understand who they are, there's a combination that needs to happen. We need to have thoughtful interaction, but we also have to have bold intercession. You see, those two items really need to be happening simultaneously. Because when you and I are trying to point to Christ in all the different ways possible, and we're interacting with somebody else, we, we don't do it by ourselves because you and I don't, in a sense, get a replay. How many times have I shared my faith with somebody and wished I had done it a little bit differently, and I, and I realized I was disconnected to God when I was sharing well, Jesus is trying to tie it all together. He's not trying. He is tying it all together to say, when you and I don't want to slide into judgmentalism, 
When you and I want to understand who we're sharing through, we don't go it alone. We have intercession because you and I don't get a replay like this person does. Okay, campers, rising sun. It's Groundhog Day. And don't Phil? Hey, Phil. No, not you. It's me, man. Ryerson. Phil? Safety first. So when you and I get to the place, we don't get that instant replay. We don't instantaneously start back the day over again, start that conversation. So since we don't get the instant replay, we don't live in groundhog world. What are we to do? We are to pray. We are to pray, please. But how are we supposed to do that? How do we pray that way? How do we pray please with an intensity? Jesus, going back again to verse 7, we read, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. I think when we're praying, when we're sharing our faith, when we're pointing to Christ, these things are all happening simultaneously if we're aware. You see, as you and I think about others and want to share our faith with others and, and point to the fact that Jesus can be the foundation for life, we need to do that in such a way that we come into that situation with a humbly pursuing others. You see, you and I need to humbly pursue others. And when you and I are humbling pursuing others, we are going into the situation, we're coming into contact with them, and at the same time, simultaneously, that we're asking about their life, connecting with them, we're also asking God to intervene. So when you and I ask, instead of make a statement, Asking actually allows you and I to stand with people rather than against people. And if we go back to last week, we saw that sometimes we don't understand people and sometimes we're not, our approach is just totally wrong. And when our approach is totally wrong, it's really like we're standing against them rather than standing with them. And so asking just changes the, the whole environment when we ask good questions. John Maxwell says this, good questions inform. So you ask a good question, but great questions transform. So when you and I are in these situations, when you and I are trying to pretty please, it starts with questioning. Not questioning them and putting them on the defensive, but asking a question to get to know them better. Asking others while asking God is one way to position yourself, myself, into making a real lasting difference in a person's life. So we ask. Also involved in this is we, we seek. When you and I are in a situation and uh, we're close, we ask, so we're having this conversation. Uh, sometimes we have to seek somebody out. Somebody, sometimes we have to go, go to where they are. But when we go to where they are, it, it's not just to be with where they are, to be in their presence. We actually need to be present. 
How many times have I been out with Cindy on a little mini date? Not much these days, but out on a date with Cindy, and all of a sudden she says something like this to me. I'm sitting uh, with my phone out, and she says, Do you mind if I strap your phone to my forehead so I can pretend you're looking at me when I talk? When you and I seek, we need to be present. When you and I seek, it's very easy to be preoccupied rather than present. Jesus is the ultimate example of this. He was seeking us. He wanted us. So the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. He just didn't stay in heaven. He came. He sought us and he was present. Now, when you and I hear that phrase, save the lost, a lot of us understand that, but some of us may go, what do you mean, I'm lost? It's the idea that you and I are apart from God, uh, that we don't have a relationship with God, and Jesus came to make that right. He came to give his life for us. That's what we celebrated recently at Easter time. So Jesus came to seek. He was present. He was there. He gave his life and rose again to save those of us who needed saving. And I don't know about you, but when I look at my life, and when I look at my life totally apart from God, even just a little bit apart, of my, apart from God, I need saving. When you and I think about our lives, we need a Savior who's personal, present, who came to seek and to save. Then there's this idea of knocking. There are times where in our life there's a, a, a barrier, a, a door, and he and Jesus talks about this idea of a barrier. Actually, in the, in the book of Revelation, John, someone who was very close to Jesus, wrote this. Behold, I'm standing at the door knocking. If your heart is open to hear my voice and you open the door within, I will come into you and feast with you and you will feast with me. So sometimes there are people in our life, we don't want to be judgmental, we don't want to slide from discernment into condemnation, and we're trying to get those barriers down so we actually knock. Sometimes with our relationship with God, when we're moving in those directions, we're, we're knocking, and we want to remove those barriers. Even Jesus says, I knock on the door of your heart. I knock on the door of those that even know me. This passage from Revelation is really to those who have already said yes to Christ. He stands and he knocks. I don't know if you've ever seen this uh, illustration of Jesus standing at the door and knocking. If you notice, you'll see that there's no doorknob, no latch on the outside. Because the reality is that Jesus may knock on the door, but he never knocks the door down. He doesn't, in the, like in those movies we sometimes see when the police are outside and they get ready and they blast through the door. Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus allows us to open it from the inside and gives us the choice to do that. A philosopher once wrote, all the power in the world cannot unlock the door to the human heart. It must be opened from the inside. There's also the what. There's a what. Jesus is not saying when he's talking about 
knocking and asking and seeking. He's not saying you're automatically going to get something. You see, Jesus is not saying if you pray for something, you're going to automatically get it. Sometimes we confuse that idea when we, again, come back to verse 8 that says, For everyone who asks receives, the one who finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be open. We think, wow, that means if I ask with pretty pleased with a cherry on top, he's going to give me what I want. Now, as I said earlier, as a Christ follower, I have found that that is not the case. Now, if you believe that's the case, if you think that's actually the way it all works, and you've seen that happen, uh, you know, uh, and you're praying for something, uh, could you please pray for two? So if you're praying and you're praying for a car and you believe as long as you ask and pray and pray with pre pretty pleased with a cherry on top and you're going to get one, I, please please pray for one for me. Pray for a, a Range Rover. I love those cars. I'd love to have one of those. At first glance, this may seem like Jesus is not delivering on what he promises. And it seems like God really isn't tender towards us when we ask, seek, and knock. But if you jump down to verse 9, you're going to read, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? And if he, or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? No father would do that. And, and why wouldn't a father do that? Because a father cares for his children. And so our Heavenly Father cares for us. And when we have someone on our heart that we care about, he actually cares more. We read in verse 11, if you then, though you are evil, know how much to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? Sometimes you and I need to be reminded that God truly is good, that God is listening. We read in James, every good action and every perfect gift is from God. These good gifts come down from the creator of the sun, the moon, and the stars, who does not change like their shifting shadows. See, everything good in our life comes from his hand. And he loves delivering good things to us. But again, as we talked about, if he answered every prayer request the way we wanted for ourselves and even others, uh, sometimes things would not be as good as they actually are. We saw that with the little Irish girl. She, she wanted to go out and, and mom was saying no and dad was saying no. A parallel passage in Luke reads this way, Luke eleven thirteen. Look at all of you are flawed in so many ways. Yet in spite of all your faults, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to all who ask? So Father gives. And what's interesting is no matter what we're asking for, no matter the impact on a friend's life, when we're getting uncomfortable, don't know how to navigate that, no matter what things in life that we're looking for, the Lord always gives us a, a taste. It gives us his presence in our lives. We don't just pray to be informed. We pray to be transformed. And that only happens when God is present, when God makes his presence known to us. 
We could also say it another way, and that's not in your message guide. We could say it this way. We don't pray just to inform God, because sometimes I feel like I'm just praying to inform him. We pray to be transformed. So when we think about praying, we also have to think about this idea of, of um, interaction with intercession. We have to realize where, what, where, where is this, this happening? How is this un, to unfold in our lives? Uh, we read this in verse 12. Here is a simple rule of thumb guide for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you, and then grab the initiative and do it for them. Add up God's law and prophets, and this is what you get. Uh, that idea of people in here uh, could have two meanings. First of all, it could be the people in your life, the, the people that are your tribe, uh, the people that are your family, the people that are like you. He could have used that word, that word for people. Or he could have used another word, and that's the actual word that he used. He used the word all people. So when he thinks, and he's talking to you, and he's talking to me about how you and I look at our world and wanting things done for other people, he's not just saying the people that are close to you, but all people. That's one of the reasons we have Difference Maker partners all around the world. Because we understand that Jesus is saying, do not what you would want for those that are closest to you, but do what you'd want for all people. So when you and I put all 12 verses together, we see in part one, if you will, of chapter seven, we see that you and I need to stay on the discerning side of judgment, not the condemnation side. Then in our second week, looking at chapter seven, we saw that we need to understand the people we're interacting with. And then today we see that when we go into those situations, we're to not go in it alone, but we go in it with partnership with God. And when we do that, we find that as we're sharing truth, sharing understanding, we realize that truth imposed will never be truth received. That's the reason when we ask, we want God present. When we seek, we want God present. And when we knock, we want God present. Would you please pray with me? Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, most of us who have grown up in church circles, when we look at this passage, see it really is primarily a passage that speaks and talks about prayer. But as we put it all together in the context, we see that this is really how we interact with the world around us. That helps us to not be judgmental. It helps us to be discerning. You give us leading on how to interact with people when we don't completely understand who they are. And we realize that we don't go it alone and we don't, in a sense, impose harshly truth. We find that when your spirit is involved and when we're praying that through and we're aware of your presence, that truth can be received. We just thank you for the way you understand how you've made us and how you uh, use that in presenting yourself to us no matter wherever we are in our spiritual journey. We thank you in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.
This time in our service is usually where we receive uh, the offering, the gifts, and the tithes. Uh, we just uh, thank you for the way you've been so generous to us, to the church, and uh, you continue to uh, meet the needs that uh, we have, and we're very thankful for that. Uh, you can see how to do that on the screen. Um, also, just a, a couple reminders. Uh, uh, this week, I'm going to be taking a few days off. Uh, so if you need to get in contact with anyone from the church, please contact the office. You see the numbers there. Um, also, I'll reach out to one of our leadership teams. I'm actually going to be off the grid. My phone where I'm going, I'm told, is not going to be working. So you can also be praying for me for the withdrawal I'll be going through, not having any internet connection, not having any cellular connection. So if you need someone, especially uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, please uh, check in with the church, check in. Uh, with the office, check in with the leadership team. Just a reminder, we're going to be doing virtual coffee time again. You can uh, find that address on the screen. You can go to Facebook, click on that, and uh, it's been really great seeing people uh, in this time of social distancing. So once again, uh, we just uh, thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, we just ask that uh, God would use our time together to impact your life. Uh, be safe, be well, and uh, God bless.